began to walk with the Lord, I did not really trust Him. How He longed for me to understand that I could. So
Thank you, Miss Lori. Wonderful song. It means even more when somebody that's been there sings it. And uh, you know that they've been through there and they can sing that from a heart that knows that Jesus is enough. And so we appreciate that song this morning. Take your Bibles if you would open up to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 is where we'll find our place. And uh, it's, it's fine. I was talking to Brother Paul up here. And uh, I, I had a, a, an entirely different message prepared for this morning that God had given me. And then through the week at camp, uh, another thought that's been on my heart for a while, God started working on that. And I started writing down notes and then got back and, and worked yesterday morning uh, trying to uh, put thoughts together and, and some content. And uh, when I came in this morning, the very first song we sang is His Name is Wonderful. I thought, well, that's funny because that's in the title of my message. And uh, it's just amazing how God moves and puts things together. Doves tell, uh, dove tells things together. Uh, and you know he's working. And uh, so we thank God for his presence and his work in our lives. And then we pray that it will be a, a blessing to you this morning for the message. I want to give you a, a couple of funny anecdotes that I, I, I saw. And... Uh, it's uh, entitled Love According to Children. And uh, I thought this was, this was funny because some of them speak to me on a deeper level, like this one. Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. That's true love. Or when they take your fries and you don't take theirs, uh, it also works. Love, <laughs> I like this one. It was when my mommy makes coffee for my daddy and she takes a sip before giving it to him just to make sure it tastes okay. That, that's true love. I thought this was pretty deep right here. If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. <laughs> that's by uh, Nikki, age six. Uh, or uh, uh, this is by another young lady, age seven. And love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt. Then he wears it every day. <laughs> we saw that at camp this past week. And then the, this last one here. Love is when mommy... It's always about mommy giving daddy something. It's never about... I, I don't know why that is. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Amen. And that is true. And that's by Elaine, age five. I thought those were cute. Uh, but I, I do want to look a little bit at love this morning in, in the broader sense... And we're going to look here in Isaiah chapter 9, and then uh, we're going to read verse number 6, and then uh, uh, just, just the first part of verse number 6 is where we'll find our place and uh, jump off from there. And this is, of course, a prophetic statement about Jesus Christ, who's going to be born into this world to, to live and to die, to give his life for us upon the cross, we might have salvation. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us... A son is given, and the government should be upon his shoulder. And then this phrase right here says, And his name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. And that's where we want to kind of jump off this morning and uh, look at some things. And uh, you'll understand the title a little bit more after I get into the, the, the front porch of the sermon. It says, do you remember when you met Mr. Wonderful? And I'll give you the, the background of that after we pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. 
And Lord, we just pray that you would be with us. And Father, would you help us this morning? I, I know that you want us to be encouraged, Lord, and I know that your word will not return into your void. But Lord, would you meet with us? And help us, dear God, to remember that day that we met your son who is wonderful and what he's done in our lives. And Lord, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know your son, Spirit, would you convict them this morning? And would you bring them to him? We pray and we'll thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I had to uh, have a conversation with my wife before I preached this message because it's personal illustrations from when we met. And uh, so I wanted to make sure she wasn't caught off guard and uh, that I didn't uh, make sure that I recalled it correctly, I guess, as well. Because sometimes I remember things differently than she remembers things. And uh, it happens that way. And usually I'm right. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we, we agree to disagree on some things. But uh, when, when Sherry and I met, uh, you know, we just got back from youth camp. And, and Sherry and I met at, at youth camp. So uh, I would say if you're wanting your kids to get married and get out of the house, send them to youth camp. Uh, it might help. Uh, it certainly couldn't hurt. But uh, so we, we, I was working at camp, and it was a camp that she had worked at, and she came, and Andy Sharpetta, my brother-in-law, is the one that introduced us. So I, as much as I want to dislike him, I can't dislike him too much because he did do me a favor. And uh, so... I've repaid him multiple times, I think. Um, but we, we met at youth camp, and uh, you all know my father-in-law, Brother Hector Sharpett. And, and pray for Dave Tolleson. He's preaching over there for Brother Hector today. Today's uh, the church's anniversary, and uh, so we invited Brother Dave to come preach. And so when Sherry and I started uh, you know, talking and, and writing letters and, and, and the emails, uh, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, I know you feel like probably had to send carrier pigeons back and forth to each other, but we started writing, and then um, our, our, I met her dad, and we're still married. <laughs> but he had a nickname for me, Mr. Wonderful. And, and whenever he would, he would call me Mr. Wonderful, well, Mr. Wonderful can, can do this, and Mr. Wonderful can do that, and Mr. Wonderful can do no wrong, and, and which was true. <laughs> but the thing was, he was looking at me through the eyes of his daughter, who was in love with me. Because to her, I was, and am, and will forever be, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. But I, and, as, and, and honestly, as I was reading this passage, I don't know... Uh, a while back, just reading through this, I came across that, and, I, and I, I cannot tell you how many times I've read this passage of Scripture and never saw it, but it made me stop and chuckle because I thought, Mr. Wonderful. And then, it, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, He is Mr. Wonderful, is He not? And, and, and God started working in my heart and thinking about when I met the ultimate Mr. Wonderful, Jesus Christ. And how God changed my life. And, and it's, it's just a play on words, the title, because when Sherry and I met, it changed her life. A lot. It changed the dynamic of her life. And suddenly the life that had been moving in one direction took a, a, a 160 and started going somewhere else. And isn't that the way it was when we met God? 
I mean, He spun us around. And we met Jesus Christ. And He saved our soul. And all of a sudden, all the thoughts and dreams and wants that we had before were changed to something better. And so I want to share just a few points about what happened in my wife's life when she met Mr. Wonderful. But what happened in my life when I met Mr. Wonderful? And the first thing that, that, I, that I see uh, is the light that cleared my way. Here we have a prophetic uh, verse, a prophetic uh, statement here made in Isaiah chapter 9 about this child who would be born and his name would be Wonderful. And then as you look and you read through the Scripture about Jesus Christ, and I think about when Christ came into my life, uh, there was a light that was brought in by Him. It dispelled the darkness. It did away with, with all the, the, you know, darkness is not actual reality, so to speak. It is the absence of light. And when Jesus Christ came in, darkness could not exist because of that light. And, and, and when I met Him, and He saved me, Light came in. And the darkness that existed in my life was dispelled. It was a prophesied light. In Isaiah chapter 9, just a couple verses previous to this, in verse number 2 it says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. That's where we were dwelling. That's where we were living, was in the land of the shadow of death. And now the Bible tells us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the light shines on my path. And it lit a light in my heart that cannot be extinguished. In Luke Chapter 1, verse number 68 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people and raised up a horn of salvation. And, and then in verse number 79 it says, To give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. I mean, you think about that. It's not just a prophesied light, but it was a light that gives us peace. Before there was turmoil in my life, there was... A tragedy in my life. I was born destined for a place called hell because of the nature of sin into which I was born because we're all born sinners apart from God, unable to get to God without a Savior named Jesus Christ, Mr. Wonderful. And when He saved me, He, he, he set my feet on a path of peace and He lit it for me. He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Why? Because we're walking through this world, but He has established our steps. Through steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delighteth in His way. Though we fall through Him, not be able to cast down, for the Lord upholdeth Him with His right hand. God, through His Son Jesus Christ, has established a path for me of peace, and He will light for me as I walk through this way. Isn't that wonderful? And so we see it's a prophesied light. It's a a peace-giving light, but it's a producing light. And by that, I mean that when Christ came into my light, uh, life, His light produced several things. He gave me the ability, the knowledge to know Him, the ability, the knowledge to speak to Him, the ability, the knowledge to live for Him. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Why? Because it lights up all the area around us. We sing that children's song, uh, song uh, Your Light Under a Bushel. This little light of mine. You think I'd know this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I'm going to let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. And that's when the kids are supposed to yell, no. I'm going to let it shine. Why? Because God lit it in my heart. And it is to produce a light to those around about us. You know, when you find something wonderful, don't you want to share it? We took the teenagers to camp this week. And anybody want to guess where we stopped for lunch? Chick-fil-A. Amen? Because we went on a Monday. And uh, any camp that starts on a Sunday is not God's will because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. So prerequisite number one, they start on Monday so we can travel on Monday. We went to Chick-fil-A. And uh, Reggie and Tika uh, Larsosa that joined a while back uh, pray for them. They, they have one vehicle and she works every other Sunday and they really want to be in church, but they're praying for another vehicle so they can come to church. But Dayana went with us to camp. And, uh, you know, it's always fun taking somebody that's never been to camp to camp because it's just, you get to watch them uh, become uh, immersed and enjoy everything going around. But the first time she experienced Chick-fil-A, we got to be there. And it's all, I mean, it, it was like a, a star being born in the sky. <laughs> she, uh, what, what she, she, she had, a, a, she goes, this is the best chicken, or this is real chicken. This is real chicken. I'm like, you're right, girl, that's real chicken <laughs> right there. But we, we took her, and, and, and why, because it's wonderful. And, <laughs> and we wanted to share that. And so on the way back, you might want to guess where we stopped to eat? Chick-fil-A for breakfast and then bought lunch to go because <laughs> you just need that much. And, uh, but it, when you have something wonderful, you want to share it. It'll produce something in your life. And Jesus Christ, when he lit up my life, it, it is to produce something in my life that I won't keep hid if he's wonderful. And the Bible says he is wonderful. And so it's a light that produces. The second thing I want to see here is the lift that came into my walk. You know how uh, people, they, 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 when, when people are in love, they say it's like they're walking on air. Their head's in the clouds. They're, 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 their step is so much lighter. We just mentioned over in Psalms where it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he falleth, he will not be utterly cast down, for the Lord pulled him with his right hand. Hey, our steps have been established. Our, 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 our step has been lifted. We are not walking the same way anymore. He has lifted us out of the miry clay and set our feet on a rock. We were talking this morning about, uh, and, I, and I tell you what, I've been so proud of the college and career. We're, we're studying the pursuit of God by Tozer, and it is a deep book. <laughs> It's like we started out on the shallow end of the pool, and now we're, we're right about here. And, uh, and, and they're doing so good with, with putting together uh, uppity answers uh, to, that match the book. And that's an inside joke. Um, but I've, I've been so proud of them the way they're doing. But uh, we, we are to 
allow God, we were talking about reality this morning, how we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And though we live here on this earth, He has lifted us up already and seated us next to Him at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we need to not live like we're walking down here anymore because He's lifted us up. Over in 1 Corinthians, and I love this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortions shall inherit the kingdom of God. What if we just stopped there? We'd all be in a world of hurt. And yet he goes on in the next verse, he says, And such were some of you. Past tense. What you were, you ain't no more. And what you have been living in, you're freed from now. He says, such were some of you. But, what a wonderful conjunction. Ye are washed. But, you're sanctified. But, you're justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How about that? His name is wonderful. Why? Because He lifted me out of this dirty world and saved my soul. And what I was, I ain't no more. And what I was going to be, He changed my path. And where I was headed, to a place called hell, He's now built me a mansion up in heaven. And so he has lifted us out of this place. He's forgiven our burdens, the burden of sin that we had carried for so long, the whole, I mean, not just part of it. Not just the, he didn't go through and pick this and, okay, these are little sins, we'll forgive those, and these are big sins, you're going to have to work for those. No, he took the entire load of sin and forgave them. He says over in Hebrews, and their sins and iniquities, will I remember no more. That is one of the most powerful phrases in the Word of God, that I will remember. That's not that He will forget them. I forgot the missionary's name because I forget everything other than number one, no pickles, diet Dr. Pepper to offset the calories and the fries. Alright? But he said, I will remember them no more. He said, I will actively put them away to where I consciously make an effort not to bring them forth again. He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far will I remove your transgressions from you. He's, I, I, I mean, you think about the fact that God took our sins and threw them so far away that they can never be found again because they're covered by the blood and He can't see them. And he's chosen not to remember them anymore. And then he tells us in Romans chapter 8, think about this. 
He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. He says, I've gotten rid of your sins, and you're not condemned anymore. Whereas in the Bible it says, Those that are without God, without Jesus Christ, the wrath of God abideth on them. They are living in condemnation. But now because I'm saved, because I'm washed, because I'm sanctified, I'm not condemned. And he did all, is that not wonderful? So we see that he's lifted us out of this place. He has given us a fruitful beginning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know, I liken it like this. Now, I've never experienced this myself. But I've been in people's vehicles that are like this. A new car smell. I've never had a car that had a new car smell. And right now I live in a car that has a very old car, four children smell, and a dog. And so, but I, I've gotten in, you know, uh, a, a new car. And you just, you're like, oh, it's so nice. Especially if it's leather. And if it's been sitting in the sun a little bit where that leather has just had time to kind of bake and release the juices. And, you know, you just, you're like, oh. But you think about how we smelled before. And then Jesus Christ reached down and made us a new creature. And now all of a sudden God goes, Oh, I can't smell that sin no more. Oh, they smell good now. He says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's what he, he, he's given us a fruitful beginning. It's not just that he saved us and, and, and left us like we were. No, he saved us and started our, us over again. He says, you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sin. That means he took this, this soul of mine that was dead and he quickened it. He put life into it. And he says, hey, you're not dead no more. And so we have a fruitful beginning and I thought about this. I thought, what are, what are some of the new things that are mentioned in the Bible that He has given us? A new heart, a new spirit, a new song that we'll be able to sing in Revelation. Uh, and then in Revelation, I like this one. Revelation 2 and verse 17, it says, He will give you a white stone, and on that stone will be a name, a new name written that no one else knows. And I thought about that, because I, I call my wife stuff that nobody else knows. None of your business. It's between me and her. But God has a new name that was given to us when we were saved. We don't know it yet. But the Bible says that He sitteth at the right hand of the Father ever to make intercession for His saints. I just have a feeling that He's sitting there speaking our new name to God because that's how we're viewed in heaven. Because we're brand new to Him. He's changed everything. I think my new name is Ace, because that's what I wanted to be as a kid. I tried to make that nickname stick. It didn't stick. But I'd like to think that when I get to heaven, I'm going to get a little stone. It's going to be like Ace, <laughs> fighter pilot. But he's given us a new name. Then the third thing that I see is his love challenges my love. And, then, and this is why I had to kind of clear it with my wife, because I want to tell you this story. So when we first started dating, um, and, and when you date, 
court, whatever. It should be with the mindset that this is the one God has for me and I'm going to marry this person because you shouldn't waste your time on nothing else. All right? And if God's called you to be a missionary, you shouldn't date a guy that's not called to be a missionary because that's a waste of time. It's all free. That's, it's not opinion. That's my doctrine. <laughs> so uh, I had been called to preach. Sherry had been called to, to full-time service, whatever God wanted her to do. And so um, Andy set us up. We started writing. Uh, and, and God put us together. And uh, I was ready. I mean, hey, uh, I, I'm focused. Let's, let's go. Let's get. So like after two days, um, <laughs> I mean, why wait? I mean, I, I, was, I was 24, I think, at that time. I, I, was, I was getting old. So we, I remember sitting on the front porch of their house in Canal Winchester, uh, Ohio. And uh, God has a sense of humor to find me a wife in Ohio. But regardless, um, we're sitting on the porch, and I, and I turned and I looked at her, and I said, Sherry Sharpetta, I love you. And what happened then? I challenged her love with my love. And, and then I waited for a couple weeks <laughs> for a reply. It was email. It took a long time. Uh, but God looked at me and said, I love you. I love you. For God so loved that He gave. And He's waiting for us to respond to the challenge of His love. And look back at Him and say, I love you. And isn't that what you do when you have someone so wonderful come into your life? I, I mean, uh, here, here we were, uh, just a, a young couple dating and... and, and making sure this was the will of God, and I knew it was the will of God, um, and, and, and trying to, to make her realize that this was God's will for her life. And, and, and God's will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So He looks at you this morning, if you're not saved, and He says, I love you. I love you. And He wants you to respond. His love challenges you to respond. And so, the love that challenged my love, and in 1 John 4.19 it says, We love Him because He first loved us and gave Himself for us to be the propitiation for our sin. Isn't that wonderful? The God, Jesus Christ, loved us so much. He stated His love when He hung upon a cross. You could not state it any more better than that when He hung and, and, and gave Himself to die for us. In John chapter 15, He says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. I mean, you think about that. that the, the, equal, the, the only way that Jesus Christ could equal His love for us by saying is how much the Father loves me. And what does the Bible say about God? God is love. And so we see that He challenges us this morning to reciprocate His love. It should be not just a stated love, but a stimulating love. He made the first step. Just as I made the first step to tell Sherry that I loved her, I was trying to stimulate a response 
thought maybe if I caught her off guard, uh, I'd, she'd answer real quick and, and be like, oh, what'd I just say? It's like when you kneel and, and ask someone to marry you. Have you ever heard about when we got engaged? No? Okay, I'll tell you. <laughs> we were at uh, Crown College. <laughs> that would have been excellent. But they, don't have those, they didn't have those in Ohio at that time. We were at my second favorite place, Chinese restaurant. Uh, so it goes Chick-fil-A, bar, well, actually barbecue, Chinese is right there. So uh, just FYI. Um, we were sitting at Chinese buffet, and I, and I got a really good idea. I had the ring in my pocket. I'd already talked to her dad, because that's what you're supposed to do, is talk to the dad. Uh, anyhow, while he's cleaning his guns. Um, <laughs> talked to her dad. I had to go. I, I had clearance for liftoff. We are good. Uh, Houston, there are no problems. I just had to figure out a way, because you've got to have a way, right? You can't just... So we're sitting there at the Chinese restaurant. It was a really nice Chinese restaurant. It had uh, paper on the tables that you could write on. We're sitting there playing hangman. And all of a sudden I got this brilliant idea, like light bulb moment. I'm going to ask her to marry me and hangman and see if she can guess. The problem was her sisters all guessed before she did. <laughs> so they were waiting like... And finally she, she almost hung herself. And then she did. <laughs> And when she figured it out, she turned. I was on one knee. And I tell you what, Chinese restaurant is not where you want to kneel down on the floor. It's beside the point. And she said yes. Why? Because I challenged her with my love and it stimulated a response. Now God has challenged us with his love. You look at your life. And you say, well, I've got to, we don't have problems. We really don't. When you think about where we could have been, where we would be headed to, we ain't got no troubles. We've been blessed. And God has challenged us with His love through His Son. He is trying to stimulate a response from us and, and, and help us. In 2 Corinthians, Paul wrote, For the love of Christ constraineth us, moves us, guides us, pushes us sometimes towards what He wants us to do. The love that challenged my love. And then the last thing here, the life that changed with wonder. I think of all the incredible events that I've had since Jesus Christ came into my soul. And I think about the childhood that God gave me to be able to grow up in a pastor's home. And the event, I was, I was talking to Brother Paul on the way to camp this past week, and I said, you know, Brother Paul, I said, I've been thinking about this, and I, I believe I'm correct. It's hard for me to remember my breakfast, but I think I'm remembering this correctly over the past 30 years. Since I was eight years old, I've gone to camp without fail, save three summers, I think. Two, because we were missionaries in England. And even one of those years, I think we were home for my grandmother had a stroke, and I think I went to camp at that time. But I, I can't quite get the, the years to coincide, so I, just, I said, no, I just forget about it. And I think about that, that God has been so wonderful to me in that way that I, I've got to go to youth camp every year of my life almost. And how God has used that 
area of ministry for some of the biggest events in my life. I met my wife at youth camp. I was called to preach at youth camp. I mean, I've seen some wonderful things happen. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Because He is wonderful. I think about the, the, the incredible events that worked to bring me here. I mean, if you knew everything that God did to bring me here, it's amazing. I mean, Pastor Brown calls me out of the blue. I had just, I'd been praying for a job that was 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And God had just given it to me. And so I thought, I'm set. I'm working where I want to work. I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm getting to do it during the time that I want to do it. And I could clock out at 5 and go home and never hear from them until the next morning. It was wonderful. We had just bought a house. We had just had our first child, second child. And Pastor Brown calls me. I'd like for you to pray about coming to Michigan. No. And then we prayed, and God moved us this way. And Pastor Brown's like, well, I'd like for you to try to be here this time. I said, well, i got to sell a house, and, and the market's not really good right now. Put it up for sale on a Saturday. It sold on a Saturday. I mean, the lady called me. I'm like, I'm too busy to show it. <laughs> she goes, well, what about tomorrow? I said, tomorrow's church. I can't show a house on, on Sunday. She goes, what about Monday? I said, i got to work on Monday. She goes, do you have a lunch hour? I said, well, yeah, I have a lunch hour. She goes, I'll come by then. She bought the house. Didn't even haggle over the price. She said, I'll take it. I'm like, well, I need a better sign for God's will for my life. <laughs> I said, well, I'm still remodeling the bathroom. She goes, that's fine. I said, well, i got to put a fence up in the yard and connect. That's fine. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't want this house. <laughs> and yet God did that. And then he moved us here. And we had another baby. <laughs> and another baby. And so that's it. And then I've got to meet y'all and work with y'all. Just see this church grow and the people grow together. And unify and keep going on for Christ because He's wonderful. And it's all because of Him. And thousands of years ago, there was a prophetic statement made that He shall be called wonderful. You know whose job it is to call Him wonderful? It's ours. It's ours. So do you remember when you met Mr. Wonderful and the change that he's made in your life? And then the question, have you ever met him? Because if you've never met him, you don't, you don't even understand what I'm talking about this morning. That Jesus Christ is wonderful. But you can meet him today. And he could do in your life what He's done in our lives of those of us who have been saved. So I want you to think about that question for a moment. We're going to have an invitation and we'll be done. But number one, Christian, have you thought about Him lately and about what He's done in your life?
we so often take advantage of the wonderful nature of Jesus Christ and accept His blessings with no thought or thanks. Have we thanked Him in a while and told Him He's wonderful? There's nothing I like better than when my wife tells me I'm wonderful or I'm handsome or I'm strong or, or you know, whatever. Think about Jesus who gave His life to ransom us and yet we never thank Him or tell Him He's wonderful. So maybe you're a Christian this morning you just tell Him thank you. Maybe you're here this morning and you said, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. If we could, let's go ahead and bow our heads, close our eyes. And I just, I just want to take a moment and talk to those who have never asked Jesus Christ in their heart. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, I've never done that. You could do it this morning. You could know Him. Maybe you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven, but I, I sure don't want to go to hell. Maybe this morning you're sitting here thinking, I'd like to know this Jesus. I'm going to pray in just a minute. I'd like to pray for you that God would help you. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, with everyone's head bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around but me, you could raise your hand. And I'll, I won't come to you. I won't point you out. I won't, I won't approach you, but I'll pray for you. Is there anyone like that this morning on the sound of my voice that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ in my life this morning. Anyone like that at all? Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation, and the altar's already open. There's already people praying. But I invite you to come, and we'll meet with you, and we can show you from the Word of God how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Father, we just thank you so much for your Word. And Lord, we thank you for how good you've been to us. Lord, we just pray that you would bless the invitation this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bless these ones, dear God, that might not know you, Father. I pray that you would touch their heart and convict them, dear God, that they would come to know you this morning as their Savior. I pray for the Christian, dear God, who might be away from you, dear God, that's forgotten how wonderful your Son is. Lord, I pray that you would convict their heart and bring them this morning to just say thank you. And Lord, we'll just give you the honor. Father, I pray that we give you the praise for all that we'll do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's